Good morning. Is that better? Hello, hello. Can you hear me now? Good morning. I hope everybody is well and, and doing well. Good songs today. So, and Can It Be has got to be one of my favorite songs. So, uh, what a joy to uh, sing that today, uh, along with some ACDC songs. So, but, uh, <laughs> so uh, let's go ahead and open our Bibles. And we're going to open up to Ephesians chapter 6. Here is my, my goal this month is to finish Ephesians. I, I don't know how long we've been in Ephesians, but for me, it's been great. Uh, it's been very hard and very difficult and very convicting, and, and uh, I pray it's been the same for you all. So, <laughs> uh, but my goal is to uh, this week deal with, uh, we're going to look at the Christ-like family, deal with parents and children. The next week, we'll deal with bosses and employees and then I'll take the final two weeks of March and we'll talk about the armor of God. And so that's, that's my plan. So with that, let's go ahead and pray and then we'll, we'll get started. Father, I just thank you for today. Lord, I thank you for everyone that's here today. What a, what a blessing to be your people, to come under your care, to hear your word to have your spirit shepherd us to the great shepherd. Father, what a blessing that is to be your children, to be blood-bought children. Father, we thank you so much for Christ. Father, as we even have communion today, that our eyes would soon be focused upon his death for us, his broken body and his spilt blood. Lord, may our hearts all be right with you in this case. So now, Lord, I pray that your spirit would come, that your spirit would fall on each and every one of us, Father, that we would understand your word, that we would understand what you have for us, that we would apply it to our hearts, Lord, and that we would live lives that are glorifying to you. Father, we lift the service up to you, and we pray that we would be eclipsed, that I would be eclipsed, Lord, and that Christ would be seen, and that you would be put on glorious display. So I ask these things all in your name, Father. Amen. Okay, questions. We're going to start off with questions. So as a child, look back as a child, when you were a child, or maybe you're sitting here as a child, right? Raise your hand if you were perfectly obedient to your parents. I figured the Carloses would raise their hands. So and I and I cut their hair so I know they're lying. So <laughs> so so none of us were 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 perfectly uh kids, right? Now, here's the next question as I look around parents, right? Parents. How many of us were perfect parents? Just same family. <laughs> so <laughs> So if you would turn to a different book, we're going to have a different sermon now. <laughs> so, but none of us are perfect parents and none of us are, were perfect children. And as we go through this, I want us to keep that in mind, that we're not. 
we're not perfect. Children are not going to perfectly obey their parents, right? And parents are not going to perfectly parent their kids because we're fallen and we're sinful. But God does give us an outline of what this is to look like. And as parents who are uh, Christian parents, we are to parent our children this way. And as children who love the Lord, you are to be this way. And not only that, but even as children of God, we are to be obedient children. So I don't want us to, to, to not look at this and even, uh, to look at this as this doesn't apply to us. <coughs> but I also want us to look at even as grandparents. Some of you as grandparents have your grandchildren with you or you're the influence in your grandchildren's life. And so I think this is very applicable in those areas. So look with me at the first four verses of Ephesians chapter 6. The apostle writes, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise, that it may go well with you, and that you may live long in the land. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. So we see in this text, as we keep going down, that in chapter 5, Paul talked about being filled with the Spirit, right? Do not be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit. And then what that looked like with us, Uh, honoring one another, us submitting to one another. And then he talks about the marriage, right? How this looks being filled with the Spirit, with the marriage that the wives are to submit to their husband, come under their leadership as to the Lord, and husbands are to love their wives, and then he shows us how we are to love our wives. And now he brings in the parent-child relationship in this same area. So as we look at this, we're going to look at Christ-like children, That's our first point, is Christ-like children. So children, if we just look at the word, children means son or daughter. It's pretty basic, simple stuff. Now obey is to give ear, to listen, to listen to your parents and obey. This is what Paul is talking about. Now this is action. This is the action of the children. This is action, obey. It's action. And so we see this, that children then are to put themselves under the word of God and the authority of their parents. This is what we look at, Proverbs 1.8. We're going to spend a lot of time in Proverbs. Proverbs is a great book in bringing children up. There's a ton of of stuff in here. Proverbs 1.8 says this, Hear, my son, your father's instruction, and forsake not your mother's teaching. This is God giving us his word. As children, we are to hear our father's instructions and we are not to forsake our mother's teachings. In Proverbs 6.20, Solomon puts it this way. My son, keep your father's commandments and forsake not your mother's teaching. The same thing except he uses commandments. And then again in Proverbs 23.22, he says, listen to your father who gave you life. And do not despise your mother when she is old. I won't. Okay, my mom just gave me the finger. <laughs> so, you know, and everything. So, so, we, so we see this command that, 
that the children are to obey their, their parents or to listen to their instructions. And I want to bring this in in a, in, a, in a grandparent way too, that when you have time to talk to your grandchildren, you want to, to bring them instruction that's, gonna, that's going to help them. So, I mean, I remember when there was times when I was growing up, and I'm sure there's times when you were growing up, that when you were obedient to what your parents said, and you, you took their advice and you took their instruction and you didn't forsake it, things went pretty good, you know, because they're, they're, they're pretty wise. You know, but then there's times when we're like going, hey, you know what, I don't think my parents really know what they're talking about, you know, because parents were never teenagers, <laughs> right? They were never teenagers. And so, so we went and did what we did, and, and guess what? We got into a lot of trouble. You know, and we did things that we shouldn't have did. And so we, we have these things where our, our parents are wise. And, and I remember, I think, I think I was 24. I think I was about 24 getting ready to get married. And man, my mom and dad got super smart all of a sudden, like overnight. <laughs> I was like, wow, man, you guys like just got smart, but they've always, they've always been smart. So children, with, when o- obeying your parents, right, when that command comes in to obey your parents, it's to listen to their instruction. It's to not forsake their teachings. It's to put yourself under their authority. So when a child obeys, there's a few things that happens, right? He or she is regularly warned, warned, warned of harmful ways. That's what we teach them, right? And this is all on different levels. So when we're, when we're infant, we're a little bit different. Parents, dif- we, we parent differently when we're at certain ages, right? That, that just happens as parenting. As parenting goes on, you, you parent differently because you have to deal with different ways. But they're regularly warmed of harmful ways, right? Maybe uh, when you're a little kid, it's the stove, right? Don't touch that because it's hot. Real simple things. As we get older, maybe it's drugs. You know, we're, we're, we're going to warn our kids about drugs, about doing things that are wrong. Uh, we, we are to be continually warning our, our children on what to watch, what to listen to, what's going to influence them. We have to be these guides to them as parents. But when children obey their parents, they are regularly warned of, of harmful ways. Secondly, they are encouraged to have no bad habits or bad friends. Although sometimes children can pick up bad habits from parents or from people. We have to guard those things also. But they are, they are encouraged to have no bad habits, you know, to have habits that are going to hurt them physically, mentally, emotionally. We are to guide them in those areas, uh, to have bad friends. Uh, the Bible puts it this way in 1 Corinthians 15.33. Do not be deceived. Bad company ruins good morals. So children, you need to be careful who you hang out with, who you talk to. Because if you're in the wrong crowds with the wrong people, they're going to be the ones that corrupt you. Notice what this verse doesn't say. This verse does not say uh, good morals change bad people. It doesn't say that. It says don't be deceived. Bad company corrupts good morals. Third, when a child obeys, he or she has a greater chance of developing a healthy character. They have a healthy chance of developing a healthy character. So if you do not truly listen, 
you cannot truly obey. That is why parents are always saying, listen to me. And I know we say that all the time, even to our kids now, at the age they're at, even as adult children. We're, we're still looking at them going, listen to me. You know, if you don't truly listen, you can't truly obey. I also believe that we can, we can be those who listen and don't hear. We can be good listeners, but people that, that don't hear. Uh, you know, Jenny and I talk about times about tuning people out where you're looking at them and you just absolutely hear nothing they're saying. But you're looking at them, so they think you're hearing them. We can be those people that don't do that. And we can be that as believers, right? We can be that as believers. We can turn ourselves off to the preaching of God's word because we just don't like the preacher. So I'm not going to listen. I'm not going to hear. Even though maybe God has something for you, even with that preacher that you don't care to listen to. So we can not hear God's word. We, we have to give ear to God's word. We have to engage in the preaching. We have to engage in our reading. We have to engage in our quiet time, right? But we can be people that come to church every Sunday and hear nothing. Come to Sunday school every Sunday and hear nothing. Go to all kinds of studies, listen to whatever you want to on the radio, and hear nothing. So we have to be active listeners. We have to be those who are active in our obedience to God, even as children, because we are children of God. So children are to obey their parents. What else are children to do? Now, just back up just a little bit. Are children to obey their parents when their parents ask them to do something that goes against the will of God? And that answer is no. We're not to obey if it's going to go against the will of God. So not only are children to obey, but children are to honor their parents. They're to honor their parents. Ephesians 6.2 Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise. So this word honor, this word honor means to to hold one in respect. Honor and reverence, right? We see this with God and the Son, right? God the Son and God the Father. Listen to 1 Timothy 1.17. To the king of ages, immortal, invisible, the only God, be honor and glory forever and amen. Be this honor, this respect, this reverence. In Hebrews 2.9, the writer of Hebrews says, but we see him who for a little while was made lower than the angels, namely Jesus, crowned with glory and honor because of the suffering of death so that by grace of God he might taste death for everyone. And in 2 Peter 1.17, Peter says it this way, for when he received honor and glory from God the Father, The voice was born to him by the majestic glory. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. So we see this word honor is used to describe God. It's used to describe uh, Jesus. That this this honor, this, this, uh, this respect, this reverence that we have for them. That we give them honor. And children are to do the same with their parents. They are to honor their parents. And I think even now, if you have parents that are still alive, or we are to honor our parents. I'm to honor my mom and dad. Now, 
How are we to honor our parents? How do we honor our parents? Well, I think we respect them. We give them the respect that's due to them, right? We value them. We value their advice. We value their opinions. We value their guidance. There's many times where I've gone to my dad and I've asked him what he thought about A, B, C, or D. Now, I might not like his advice, but I want to honor my dad when I'm struggling. I want to respect his opinion. And so I think we honor our parents by respecting them, esteeming them. We honor them by esteeming them. It's taking care of them when they no longer can't take care of themselves. That's the tough one because we can be very selfish people and you're just going into a home. But when we take care of our parents because they can't take care of themselves, whether it's financial or physical, Man, what glory that brings to God because you are honoring your parents that he has given you. God is pleased when that happens. Even though it might be hard on you, but you are honoring them. God sees this obedience of children and the honoring of parents very serious in the Israelites in the Old Testament. This is what he says. Listen to Exodus 21, 15. Whoever strikes his father or mother shall be put to death. These are very simple terms, very simple verses. Whoever strikes his father or mother shall be put to death. Right? Now, this is a maltreatment of the parents. It's an it's a, a abuse of our parents abusing our parents, right? Nowadays, we, we, we hear it regularly in the news where somebody killed their parents, right? Okay, I'm trying not to cough onto the mic. So, Anyways, so Exodus 21, 15, whoever strikes his father and mother shall be put to death. It gets there, Exodus 21, 17, whoever curses his father or his mother shall be put to death. Speaking badly of your parents, speaking ill will of your parents. This is the seriousness that God looks, children, shall be put to death. Whoever Curses their father and mother. Leviticus 29. For anyone who curses his father or his mother shall surely be put to death. He has cursed his father or his mother. His blood is upon him. And in Deuteronomy 27.16. Cursed be anyone who dishonors his father or his mother. And all the people shall say amen. So there's a seriousness. Now does that mean every single offense they should be put to death? Well, it depends on the parents. You know, sometimes parents, oh, man, I'm going to kill that kid. You know, <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty sure all you fathers have said that one time or another, you know, and, and everything with, with, with their kids. But, but God takes it serious because children, when you don't honor your parents, when you treat them badly, it's the majesty of God that you violate. It's the glory of God that you have offended. 
because God is our Father, right? We are His children. We are to honor Him. We are to have reverence for Him. We are to do these things. So children, you are to obey your parents. You are to honor your parents. Now, how are you to do this? How are you to honor your parents? Look at Ephesians 6.1. Children, obey your parents in the Lord. This is how you do it. In the Lord. You obey and you honor your parents because you obey and you honor Christ. So when you obey and honor Christ, you will obey and honor your parents. And that's all in the Lord. Now, why do you do this? The verse tells us, again in Ephesians 1, because it is right. It is the right thing to do. It's the right thing to do. I, I, I've told Morgan and Hayden various times that the hardest thing for them to ever do will always be the right thing. That's the hardest thing, is always the right thing. It's always easy for us to do the wrong thing. That's easy. But for us to do the right thing, the thing that is right with God, to be obedient to God's word and his commands, those are the hard things to do, but they are the right things to do. And that's what Paul tells us. You obey your parents in the Lord for this is right. This right is correct. It's obedience to God and his word. Psalms 19.8 puts it this way. The precepts of the Lord are right. Rejoicing the heart. The commandments of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. Psalms 119.75. I know, O Lord, that your rules are righteous and that in faithfulness you have afflicted me. Psalm 119.128. Therefore, I consider all your precepts to be right. I hate every false way. And in Hosea 14.9. Whoever is wise, let him understand these things. Whoever is discerning, let him know them. For the way of the Lord are right, and the upright walk in them, but transgressors stumble in them. So we see that God's word is right. So when he tells children to obey and to honor their parents, this is right. This is the right thing to do. So what about, what's the Bible say about children Oh, no, I got ahead of myself. So why we do this is because it's right. And why we do this is because it has a promise. There's a promise to you children, right? There's a promise. Look at 6.2. Look at 6.2. If I can find it here. He says, honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise. There's a promise to this. And the promise is what? That you will live long in the land. That you will have long days, right? That's the promise. The first commandment with a promise. That it may go with you and you will live long in the land. So Exodus, we go back to Deuteronomy and we go back to Exodus. Exodus 20.12 puts it this way. Honor your father and your mother that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God has given you. Deuteronomy says the same thing essentially in 5.16. Honor your father and your mother as the Lord your God commanded you, that your days may be long and that it may go well with you in the land that the Lord God has given you. This is talking about quality 
and quantity of life. Quality and quantity of life. <coughs> there is this promise that God gives. The quantity and quality of life. He mentions it again in Proverbs 4.10. Listen to what Solomon says. Hear my son and accept my words, that the years of your life may be many. So we see this promise, even back in Proverbs, that when we listen to God's word and we accept his word, the years of our lives may be many. Proverbs 10.27, the fear of the Lord prolongs life, but the years of the wicked will be short. So if we want to be wicked, we're going to have shortened years. We want to follow God, we will have prolonged life. Now, I am convinced that God knows the day you're going to die. And that's just going to happen. And so we want to be sure we live life honoring, honoring God and being obedient to his word. So, children, very simple. Obey your parents because this is right. Obey them in the Lord because you love Christ. Honor them because it comes with a promise that you will have quantity of life and you will have quality of life. Now, where does that put the disobedient child? Now, I know all the parents out here, you never once had a disobedient child. Especially in the Valles family because they were perfect. <laughs> so, and everything. But what about disobedient children? Does the Bible talk about disobedient children? Absolutely, the Bible talks about disobedient children. Listen to Proverbs 10.1. The proverb of Solomon, a wise son makes a glad father. Would fathers, would you agree with that? A wise son brings gladness to you? Yes, yes, yeah, good, good. But a foolish son is a sorrow to his mother. Brings heartache. The disobedient child, the one who's a fool, who doesn't listen to his parents' instructions, doesn't honor his parents. This child is viewed as a fool. And what does it do? It brings heartbreak to your mother. It brings her heartbreak. It brings her sadness. And we all can relate with that feeling, can't we? We've all had times when our parents, as, as parents, where our, our, our child has been foolish and, and they've done stuff, and it's like it brings heartbreak to you. It brings sorrow to you. You feel that sorrow. You're sad because this is your child. That we have. This is a disobedient child, Proverbs 17, 21. He who sires a fool gets himself sorrow, and the father of a fool has no joy. Proverbs 19, 13. A foolish son is a ruin to his father, and a wife's quarreling, oh, maybe I shouldn't write this one, but a wife's quarreling is continual dripping of rain. Should have had that one last week, or last month. Proverbs 19, 26. He who does violence to his father and chases away his mother is a son who brings shame and reproach. The Proverbs does not glorify a disobedient child. I mean, this is heartbreaking. Even as adult children, we can be this way. 
we can, you know, I can, I can be a foolish son still. Even at age 49, I can still be a foolish son that can bring sorrow to my mom and dad. Proverbs 30:17 The eye that mocks a father and scorns to obey a mother will be picked out by the ravens of the valley and eaten by the vultures. That means death comes to you. Can you imagine that? I mean th- I mean that 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 picture is vivid, isn't it? That picture is vivid. The eye that mocks a father and scorns to obey the mother Imagine a bird sitting on your chest eating your eyes. That's a foolish child. That's a disobedient child. That's a child that brings scorn and ruin and sorrow to a parent. Children, you don't want to be that. You don't want to be that. So obey your parents because it is right and it's good. Now, parenting, here's where it gets a little tougher. What's a Christ-like parent look like? So this word parent, it means father, right? The word father in this verse means father. But when we look at Hebrews 11.23, it says, By faith Moses, when he was born, was hidden for three months by his parents. It's the same word. So I believe what Paul is looking at here is he's just not talking to fathers, but he's talking to parents. He's talking to Christ-like parents. He's talking to mom and dad when we are to do this. So what's he say in verse 4? He says in verse 4 that fathers do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. So we have a negative and we have a positive. So let's look at the negative first. The negative says this, do not provoke your children to anger. It means not to irritate them, not to bring them to a point of anger, right? This is what it says. So how can we do this as parents? Now, I got a little bit of a list because I kept a list when I was growing up of how my parents provoked me. So I just brought that list in. So but how can we provoke our children, right? And this is not an exhaustive list, and it might be a list that you disagree with me on. And feel free to disagree with me. You have every right to be wrong. So, but you can, you can do these things. So I think these are just a few things. <coughs> Smothering children smothering our children that means keeping them in a bubble right keeping them in a bubble keep them always at your side i'm going to have them always there over protection i'm always going to have them they're always going to be next to me not letting them spread their wings and fly but always having that absolute control over your kids you smother them i think this can provoke them to anger Because you never let them have a thought. You never let them have an opinion. You never let them have a say. I think this can provoke them. Showing favorites. We can have that where we favor one child over another. This is my special child. And then this is Hayden. (laughs) You know? Or vice versa. I'll pick on me and Jenny. And this is tough sometimes, showing favorites. You know, it could be tough. Parenting is not easy. Would everybody agree with that, that parenting is not easy to do? It's, it's tough to do. 
it's tough to do. And in some cases, it's even tougher when we have, when we have split, when you have divorced families. It can even be tougher in that area because of just the dynamics that it, that it puts in there. So showing favorites. Uh, how about this one? Living vicariously through them. Whether this is sports or education or the workplace, pushing our kids to do something that, that we vicariously have always wanted to do. And so we live our life through them. And we don't let them chart their own paths in their own life. Never encouraging. You're never encouraging, but you're always finding wrong. As a parent, that was easy for me to do. It was always easy for me to find the wrong that my kids did. All the time I could find wrong. Oh, bump, 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 bump. You did this. But man, it was tough. It, it, it could be tough to be encouraging, but we should be encouraging with our kids. We should always be praising our kids, showing them things, even when they do the wrong. Show them what they did wrong, but yet encourage them in what they did right. We don't want to provoke them to anger. Being selfish, self-centered parents, right? Only thinking of yourself, never sacrificing for your kids. I never want to hear this. My parents were never there for me. That should not be spoken of as a Christian parent. The Christian parent should always have this. Man, my parents were always there for me. I called them in the middle of the night at 2 o'clock in the morning and they were there for me. Right? They did these things. They left Bible study for me. They left church for me. I was in a bad spot and they came and they rescued me. See, the selfish parents won't do that. And so what that creates in the kid is bitterness. My parents were never there for me. Why should I honor and obey parents that were never there for me? We want to be there for our kids. Withholding affection. Love on your kids. Show them affection. Hug them. I know you get to a certain age where you don't want to be hugged. I know that. My daughter gives me this funny look. She's like, oh, dad's going to hug me. But she does that with mom too. So, you know, and then we have a different one. Hayden comes in, man, and he just grabs his mom and gives her a big hug. You know, so... But don't withhold affection from your kids. Be affectionate towards your kids. Tell your kids that you love them, that you're proud of them. Tell them those things. And just flat-out abuse, physical, verbal, emotional abuse, those are things that provoke the kids. And we are not to do such things. We're not to do such things. That's the negative. Now, how about the positive? The positive is this. We are to bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. This is, a high, this is a high calling, parents, that you're to bring your child up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. So what does this mean? This, this bring them up is gentleness. It's, it's caring for the child. It's having genuine affections to care for them. This discipline is, is training them up. It's, it's, it's a tutorage type of thing. It means we're going to discipline our children. If we love our children, we will discipline our children. If we hate our children, we will not discipline our children. That is what we look at. So that's what the word says, right? And we get this because God disciplines us. God disciplines us. Listen to Hebrews 12, 7 through 10. 
It is for discipline that you have to endure. God is treating you as sons. For what son is there whom his father does not discipline? If you are left without discipline, in which all have participated, then you are illegitimate children and not sons. Besides this, we have had earthly fathers who disciplined us, and we respected them. Shall we not much more be subject to the Father of spirits and live? For they disciplined us for a short time as it seemed best to them, but he disciplines us for our good that we may share his holiness. So we receive discipline from our God. Now, we have to be wise in our discipline with our children, right? There's wisdom in disciplining. Not every offense is a capital offense, right? Not every offense is a capital offense. But we've got to have wisdom in discipline. Listen to Proverbs 19.18. He says, discipline your son, for there is hope. Do not set your heart on putting him to death. So there is a difference, Discipline your kid, but don't go so far, right? I mean, obviously, if Solomon had to write this, there might have been some issues. So, Proverbs 22, 6. Train up a child in the way he or she should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. We train them up in the way that they should go, and they won't depart from it. Proverbs 23, 13 and 14. Do not withhold discipline from a child. If you strike him with a rod, he will not die. If you strike him with a rod, you will save his soul from Sheol. It's wisdom. It's wisdom in our discipline. And Proverbs 29, 15. The rod and reproof give wisdom, but a child left to himself brings shame to his mother. Right? It brings shame to his parents. We have to be parents who discipline. Discipline your son and he will give you rest. He will give delight to your heart, is what Proverbs 29, 17 says. Discipline your son. He will give you rest and he will give you delight in your heart. So we must discipline our children. Now, is every child the same? No. Not every child is the same. Me and Jenny experienced this with Morgan and Hayden. And, and I, I use Morgan and Hayden because that's the only experience I have. Morgan and Hayden were, were a lot different, you know. Hayden was a little more stubborn. You know, Hayden gave the pushback a little bit more, you know. Him and I had the alpha dog talk every once in a while. But Morgan, you know, we could just kind of raise our voice to Morgan. And Morgan was like, okay. You know, Hayden, Hayden was always like that. But every child is different. That's why we have to have wisdom in how we, how we discipline, you know. And I'm sure if you talk to any parent, they'll, they'll probably admit the same thing, that not everything is the same for each child. So we have to have wisdom in how we discipline. And those are things that come up at the barbershop. And I, I, I tell uh, young parents at the barbershop, I don't care what you do, just be consistent, just be consistent when you discipline. You know, if you're going to do the one, two, three method, well, get to three. You know, because you always get to the one and then the two and then the two and a half and then the two and three quarters and the two and five eighths. You know, you got your tape measure out and you never get to three. You got to be able to get to three. We have to be parents who discipline, but we discipline in love. We don't discipline out of anger and sometimes we discipline out of anger, don't we? Sometimes like that, that child gets a spanking because I was angry. And then there's the humbling part. Then we have to come and we have to ask them to forgive us. 
because we discipline out of anger. We always want to be parents who are disciplining out of love because we want our children to um, be on that right path, right? So we, we, we discipline in that way. And there's no guarantees that our kids are going to walk that right path. So we are to bring them up gently in the discipline of the Lord. We are also to bring them up in the instruction of the Lord. The instruction of the Lord. It's to place before the mind. It's calling attention to. As Christian parents, we are to bring these things to to our children. We are to instruct them in the Lord. This is what God wants from you. This is what God wants from us. This is what he wants. Uh, Proverbs 4, 1 through 4. Hear, O sons, a father's instructions, and be attentive, and be attentive that you may gain insight. For I give you good precepts. Do not forsake my teaching. When I was a son with my father, tender, the only one in the sight of my mother, he taught me and said to me, let your heart hold fast my words, keep my commandments, and live. So we're to bring our children up in the instruction of the Lord. Now, whether we are children or parents, we both must understand that we cannot obey perfectly and we will never parent perfectly. And this is true. We're always going to make mistakes. But God calls us as children to obey and to honor and as parents to not provoke our children, but to bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. How that looks is different for each family. But we have an example that we always put before us, and this is the example that we come to as we come to the communion table. There was a son who was perfectly obedient. He was the perfect son, and that made him the perfect sacrifice for our sin, and that's Jesus. Jesus is the one who has come, and he has taken all of our sin away, but he lived a perfect, obedient life to the perfect father who parented perfectly. And that's where our eyes always have to go, is to Jesus. So as we come together, as we go to take communion, I want us to look at the obedience of Jesus, the one who was perfect in everything that he did. And that's why we come. We come to remember him. We come to remember his perfect obedience to take the perfect wrath of God for our sin. Imperfect people. So, I want us to take some time that if you haven't repented of your sin, to repent of your sin before we come to the table. Before we come and we, we, we take the cup and we take the bread, confess and repent any sin that you may have so that your heart might be right before him. So would uh, Martin and Chad, would you come forward as we pass out these, as we pass out the, the cup and the bread?